generally speaking, if you've been in a bunch of convenience stores, as we all have, they range somewhere between disgusting and creepy <laughs> to gross. Yeah. Like, or forgettable is like the best. The best convenience store experience you have, you don't really remember going in. Yeah. And I realized that... Well, I just remember I didn't get stabbed on the Yeah, way. you know what I'm I mean? Like, out. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing happened. It's like a great experience, right? Hey, welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast podcast, where we're not on Zoom anymore, motherfuckers. Well, maybe we will be at some point back on it. But for now, we're actually in the heart of San Antonio, El Hueso, West Side. West Side! <laughs> we're here at the Jefferson Bodega with the Bodega Man. Um, we're going to talk about... How it got started here in San Antonio, um, some of the uphill battles that you know he's had here with his wife. Yep. Um, well, not like the not careful, careful yeah, on the yeah. wording there. <laughs> exactly. Now, not between you guys, but you know, bringing this up to actually uh, a bodega that the locals love to come to because of your unique, your unique, weird and awesome snacks. Kind of nostalgic too. I'm looking around, and also. The out-of-towners. There's a lot of out-of-towners that come and to try these snacks. That's true, yeah. We're going to be trying some of those snacks here. Um, really intrigued by this, uh, what is it called? Watermelon toast. Watermelon toast. So It is watermelon. It's not really toast. Wait. I, I think you just broke my brain. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so let's sit back, buckle up. Let's go too hard, too fast. Let's do it. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. Anything that rolls downhill, man. I mean, old habits die hard, right? It's the podcast by the people for the people. Well, I'm going too hard, too fast. Well, we are double fisted on that ass. <laughs> Only here, too hard, too fast. Let's do it. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Come on by Jefferson Bodega and try some odd snacks. Let's get weird, people. <laughs> So welcome everyone to Too Hard Too Fast <laughs> podcast. That's right. <laughs> we go off the rails and George has to worry about it. So <laughs> here we go. For the podcast of the century. Cheers. Are you originally from San Antonio? So I'm originally from New York City. Um, and then I moved down here when I was about 15 years old because uh, I kept getting in trouble up in New York City. Uh, uh, I went to school in Harlem, New York, and uh, it was a tough era for the city. And there was a lot of uh, bodegas around and those were like considered the neutral zones. So anytime like you get in trouble, you could duck into a bodega and the bodegas around New York City kind of became like my family and my safe zone. And there are all these different cultures and different stores there. Um, and that's kind of what, what I wanted to take down here is create like the safe space around it. So I came down here when I was about 15 and started living when with you my say, dad. I'm gonna stop real yeah, yeah. When you're saying neutral zone, do you mean like if you like rank up five stars on GTA, you can run in? Yeah, and yeah, actually, kinda, uh, that's yeah. a really good analogy. <laughs> um, look, it was a rough era. It was the middle of the crack era and the center of the epidemic. And um, even sort of the criminals, wherever, you don't mess around in the bodega. Like, that's kind of, you know, that's where you got to get your soda from, and that's where you get your beer from and your wraps from. So you got to be, like, careful about crossing that line. So the bodegas were kind of sacred, even in a tough time. And I remember ducking into these spots, whether it was like the Puerto Rican bodega or the Jewish bodega, but like wherever I went, they're always uh, treating me like family. And I remember that being like a respite, a safe place as a kid, um, even when it wasn't necessarily safe at home or school. Um, and that's kind of something I wanted to bring back to San Antonio yeah. uh, when I moved out, down here. So when, when you moved from there, you, were, you said it was, you were 15? Yeah, I was 14 or 15. I don't really remember. As I said, I was getting in a lot of trouble around that time. 
And my dad had already lived down here for a few years. Um, and uh, I'd been coming for like summers occasionally. And then one, one year they made the decision I was being shipped off. So I started my sophomore year right down the street at um, Jefferson High School. And this, this literal corner store is the first uh, place I ever tried a Chinese candy or a sour strip. So literally in this building. A Chinese candy. So they yeah. already had like the unique products. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Okay. Back in the day. So was it as colorful though? Because I'm like looking around and you can see all this color and no. all kinds of... This was, until we took it over, this was a sort of typical convenience store. Um, you know, like a lot of them around town. Uh, owned by a series of different families. Um, and I went to actually high school with the owner's daughter um, at the time. I went in 92 is when I graduated. So, yeah, it was, it was always local and small, but a very typical convenience store. Nice. Part of that, it was a gas station going way back in a service station. Uh, the building dates around 1935 itself, and it predates city records. So we're not really sure exactly when the building was built, but that's oh. what we got. Is there any buried bodies? You know what? There's not, <laughs> but there is something Ghost. really, really cool over there. Underneath the wrap snack shelf there is what's called a uh, door in the floor safe. And it's a double-doored safe that goes down into the concrete floor here. And we've never been able to get the second door open. No owner has. So you can see where different owners have taken, like, sledgehammers to it. And it's chipped. You can see the cement block just over there. So there is a safe that's never been opened, oh. and we don't know what's in there. Kind of cool, that's right? That's really cool. And, you know, a lot of people have said, well, I think I can get it open. We could probably drill and blah, blah, blah. I kind of like the mystery. Yeah. That, you know? That's a, uh, a little bit of what's that like the like the old time gangster kind of stuff that's right it's right you, you we may have jimmy hoffa's remains <laughs> i don't imagine know. Here, <laughs> of course hey he showed up to the west side and couldn't have that's right that's right <laughs> um but at some point did you go back to new york because i yeah. know you i read somewhere that you went you were working corporate jobs so. yes so what i did was basically from here when i graduated high school i joined the air force um and i was lucky enough to live all around the world Air Force actually trained me in two specific skills, uh, computer programming and psychology. And so I had like this dual specification um, or specialization. And I applied that as soon as I got out to looking for jobs. And I moved back to New York and I worked on Wall Street um, at a couple of really big firms there. Oh, some uh, fancy stuff. Yeah. And uh, doing basically uh, what's now called like behavioral data. Okay. Okay. I have no idea what that is. It's but basically <laughs> how people perform through a funnel or a web page. Is okay. so as 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 people click through, all of these businesses are trying to get people to complete the application. So what I do is figure out what the hurdles are to buying something or figuring mm. something out in a in a commercial environment. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, that's like how, you know, on Instagram we try to make people go get hey watch this on spotify or watch yeah this on exactly YouTube. so that's actually a funnel um so the easiest way to understand a behavioral funnel is i like to tell the story of how i met my wife so everything all behavior falls into a funnel like when you're talking about a company it's basically how many people you could reach how many people were advertised to or made aware of it and then what percentage of those people actually showed up and what percentage of the people that showed up actually buy and then there's a sub one down there of how many people buy came back and did it again mm. so that's a funnel right because it starts to create a shape as you get it's a big number that gets smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller so the easiest way to explain it is again how i met my wife 
And I like to tell the story that I went out to the bar one night, and there were a hundred different people in the bar, but only like 50 of them were, were, you know, female or gender appropriate. And so that right away, we went from 100 to 50, and you can see the first jump down. And then of the 50, you know, women in the bar, really only 10 of them were even going to look my way. (laughs) And of the 10 that looked my way, I totally offended at least seven of them, which left about three. I approached all three. Only two of them kind of talked to me. One ran away slower than the other, and that's how I met my wife. That's a perfect. Funnel. Perfect. Um, I think my funnel was a lot quicker when I met my wife. Uh, we were in, we were in class together. She, uh, our teacher partnered us up. I didn't pay any attention to what the assignment okay, was. Okay, so to there's be. like a thousand kids in the school, forty kids in the class. See, we have, we've already got a okay, small take okay, rate, yeah, right? Yeah. And then of all the people you could have been paired with, if it's forty people in the class, that's twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we're down to twenty, and so yeah, your funnel got pretty there small go. really real quick. quick. Yeah, too hard, too fast. That's right, too hard, too <laughs> fast. I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but okay, so back in New York, the, did you have desires to come back to San Antonio? Like, why would you? With all, or was it because all the bodegas that were already there? Well, even that, let's back up. Did you even have a desire to have a bodega when no. you were up there? No, never knew I'd do this, never want to do this. Really quick, I'm going to tell you a funny side story. So when I first moved down here, one of dad's, like, quote-unquote punishments or, like, trying to train me to being a good man was that we actually had to, he lives right, he still lives just two blocks away. Um, we had to come out and paint the wall right here, this oh, mural this wall. Okay. Yeah, this wall, literally. And it was, uh, we covered it from the graffiti and all that stuff, and we would just always cover the graffiti. And there's a lot of gang graffiti and stuff like that. And he made me come out here and do it with these rollers. And, and I complained every time. Why are we doing this? We don't own this property. How come the people that own the property don't even seem to care? Why are we doing it? And he said, because you take care of the neighborhood you live in. If you don't, if you let things like that slip, then what happens is people start doing drugs and it gets worse and worse and then crime and then they're breaking in. So you take care of where you live. You take care of the businesses. Even if they're not doing it, it's something that we do as men. I hated this and argued every day, but ultimately kind of got with the program and helped him paint this wall. And dad was doing that for, gosh, about 30 years. Eventually, we ended up buying the store. This is way later. We didn't know we were going to do this. We bought the store. I was like, secret plan. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like somehow it all sort of came circular. We bought this place. And uh, one of the first things I did was I had the murals put up out there. And uh, about a week after I put all the murals up and the artists, uh, you know, put all their art up, my dad comes by with a paint bucket and roller. He says, well, I guess we got to do it again. I said, no, 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 that's art, dad. That's art. Uh, But no. So I came down here um, and uh, from New York City. Originally in high school, but then after the Air Force, I was in uh, up in Wall Street, and then ultimately at a- HBO for a couple of years. And uh, we were we were kind of like my wife and I were like we wanted a better work life balance, and that's an easy way to put it. Um, but really, to put it more simply, we made like a list of things that we really wanted in places we lived, mm-hmm. like top favorite cities and after we looked at all the different you know kind of things and our favorite places in the world we realized like san antonio was the only one that was the top of both of our list so we came back about 12 years ago so she was was she's she was air force so she passed through and yeah she came through because she's originally an air force brat so she lived all around europe is where she grew up okay fair enough um and and i I was reading your instagram you were kind of thinking about the outlook or the uh, the overlay of things while you were like still in your business or your corporate jobs or at least i saw some kind of like is that what it's called like an outline of how you would set it up oh uh yeah so this strangely enough this is kind of all going according to plan as weird as that sounds um when i when we made the decision that we were going to buy this store 
and when I convinced my wife uh, that this is a good idea, um, I wrote down kind of what my vision was for this. And whenever I'm envisioning, envisioning things like that, I do a lot of drawings and sketches, and I kind of write down like what she calls now my manifesto. And the uh, idea was, to put it very simply, would be a convenience store that is at such a high level and treats people so well that you could almost have a red rope at the door. Um, and really, the idea is going into this business as opposed to a lot of other, other businesses, say, for example, a restaurant. Mm -hmm. a restaurant, you kind of you have to have a certain standard upon walking in. And, and, and I feel like there's already amazing restaurants in town. I don't want to try, try and compete there. But a convenience store, the, the trick to it is in, in the wording. If convenient is the bar, I can beat that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So better than convenient is a simple way to put it. Yeah, because I, I and I was trying. To, I was struggling with figuring out how to ask you this question, but since you kind of touched on it, the convenient part doesn't always seem like the presentable part either. Yeah, that, boy, you, I've, I've lived all around the world now, and the, I think convenience stores are probably one of the most common businesses. Everywhere you go, at every demographic, at every income level, in every neighborhood all around the world, literally all around the world, are convenience stores, corner stores. And generally speaking, if you've been in a bunch of convenience stores, as we all have, they range somewhere between disgusting and creepy <laughs> to gross. Yeah. Like, or forgettable is like the best. The best convenience store experience you have, you don't really remember going in. Yeah. And I realized that... Well, I just remember I didn't get stabbed on the Yeah, way, you know what I mean? Like, out. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing happened. It's like a great experience, right? So I realized that, like, I think we could do better than that. And what would happen if you were to take the same thing, this very common business that neighborhoods want and love and need, and you were to elevate it to an experience where the music was nice and the place was well lit and clean and you got greeted on the way in and people were friendly. And so we apply all that sort of uh, knowledge about basically how to treat people um, to a business. Yeah. And so I was kind of before recording, I was tell telling you a little bit about my first experience here and how I learned about Jefferson Bodega was you guys were having like a big market kind of thing outside yeah. and we were eating at a restaur restaurant next door. I saw it. And I was like, let's go check it out and see. So we came, my wife and my son and first person, it was actually you that greeted us. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know you at the time. So I was just like, hi. Yeah. And, kind of, okay. and then just kept walking. Uh, but that's just me. I'm really awkward with people. <laughs> that's okay. But um, as soon as I turned that corner, because at first you see all the products coming in and it's like a almost overwhelming. That's the goal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you see all the colorful things and like all the intriguing was like, okay, I want to go check out what, what else is here. There's a couple pieces to that, but my favorite is the overwhelming part. And this is born during COVID. We were born during COVID. So we came out um, in 2019, November, and that was like right before everything got bad. So what we wanted to do was to create a place that was like, it was like the anti-COVID mood. So what I found as I was shopping around during COVID, shelves were bare, people were freaking out, and there was a lot of anxiety shopping. I didn't think we would make it much longer. It was really bad, really hard times, and the business just started. N numbers were tough. Everything was bad. 
So I realized the best we could do is to make people feel comfortable. We were allowed to be still open, whereas a lot of other places had to close. And so I realized if people are going to come in here and they're going to bring their kids especially, I really wanted people to feel happy and comfortable. So we didn't have any money. As I like to say, there were three sections of peanuts at the time <laughs> when we first opened. But the shelves are abundant and it feels welcoming and comfortable. At a bare minimum, the best thing I could do for people was let you know you're okay, which is strangely the same thing that the bodegas did for me when I was growing up. Yes. Yes. No, but look, <laughs> that's the way it is, man. Yeah. Is is so everything is this challenge and really it's about whether you quit with that latest challenge or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. whether it's cameras breaking or, you know, a fridge is breaking or leaks, you just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine like having having an old store and making it brand new, but still having some of those old uh, We've had our share of, of building disasters. <laughs> we had a horrible plumbing disaster early on, and uh, we also needed to spend a lot of money on the electrical backbone to handle all the new LEDs and energy efficiency. So let's go back to, since we're talking about struggling, um, real quick, I don't want to say again, like the store looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, like the color. It's, it's not like it's overwhelming at the beginning, but everything else just seems to flow perfectly. You know, it all makes sense up here anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's all, it, and it's perfect flow. And at the, you know, at the end, I didn't get stabbed. So yeah, right. <laughs> and actually, flow is what it's all about. Flow. Is we want people to flow through a certain way, and we want them to really. The most important thing I'm trying to do here is I want to leave everybody a little bit better than we found them. Yeah. So if you come in in like a really bad mood, I hope that we cheer you up a little. If you come in in a great mood, ready to party, let's get you really ready really to party. Ready, yeah, yeah. That's the idea. And so it really takes the convenience part, but it also the presentation part. But outside, you can tell the community part. So like everybody, even just now, people are already waiting to come in. Yes. Yeah, and I so can see some people uh, walking <laughs> around out there and testing the gate. Yeah. And, and by the stickers you have, like you have all these stickers from people that... Are coming in, coming in, visiting, or probably supporting in, in a certain way, so you can see the community building up. Like you said, when you bought it, COVID hit, yeah. and I know, you know, by now everybody's a little like, oh, we've heard everything about COVID already. Um, and, but the thing that I admire most, and one of my favorite coffee shops that I have, is because of the work they did during their COVID. Yeah. They started, um, and then they just did everything they can to help the community. And I saw that from you guys looking at your Instagram. You guys had a, a business you needed to keep alive, but you were more worried about the community. Yeah, so uh, again, I th I thought we were going down. Um, it, you know, there was just no way. Like, it was already a struggle. And then I was explaining what bodega means to people. And they're like, why don't you just call it a tiendito <laughs> or a store? And uh, it, it, was, it was already a struggle. And then COVID hit and uh, it really things got tight and I, I figured the best we could do would be to help people out. So people were coming in, they weren't asking about Cheetos or Kit Kats. They were like, do you have toilet paper? Do you have baby formula? You know, I need beans, I need rice. And so what we did is we just figured, we reached out uh, everywhere we could to figure out local farms. We got eggs from local farmers. We got beans, um, like the big burlap sacks of beans yeah. and put them in plastic bags. And because we were out shopping all the time, people would send us requests, hey, I'm afraid to go out right now, or I'm really, um, um, my, uh, 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 what's it called? The, I, I might get an infection if I go out. Oh, um, 
Anyway, no, no, no. people who were susceptible <laughs> to getting COVID were afraid to leave the house. People were terrified. So they'd say, would you shop for me? Can you go find for me? So I was buying bleach for people or special requests. Oh, so you would become the, like the, like the go-getter. Yeah. I was like, I was like your plug for whatever you need I would go, <laughs> because I'm already at yeah. Sam's trying to like in the line, trying to get milk or whatever. And so because we were doing that, we started shopping and finding weird things for people. And then the other thing we did is because I figured we were just going to fail is I started giving away all of our groceries. So oh, we had like a whole wall of like, you know, groceries, canned soups and things like that. And people would come in like crying and desperate and scared. And so I just give them a bag of groceries. Like we're going to fail anyway. I don't want to fail and then with a bunch of expired products. So, yeah. you know, let's just share what we had. The government got wind of that and they made us an official distribution site for the Farmers to Families Act. And so because of that, we're actually still the only private location in Texas. Everywhere else is a government location like a park or a food bank that distributes food. And what we did is we became the only private location that is authorized to distribute food on behalf of the government. So we started every Saturday passing out food boxes and uh, eventually we had lines of cars all the way down to Woodlawn Lake and around the lake. And the idea was, and uh, there was a point at its peak where we had about 100 volunteers out here helping different people out. So uh, the other thing we did is I reached out using our international contacts and using Google Translate. I wrote anyone around the world that had toilet paper do you have toilet paper? <laughs> As a result, we never ran out of toilet paper. And also we had local people like bringing in their extra toilet paper. And so we never raised the price of toilet paper. We never ran out. And in, in fact, we had so much that I became the toilet paper fairy and I was <laughs> passing out toilet paper to any businesses that were staying open in nice. the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, that, that toilet paper thing was crazy. And actually, it's a good segue into our exotic snacks because that's how we got there is after um, sort of COVID started getting better. I um, asked the same vendors all around the world. I said, hey, look, I don't really need toilet paper anymore, but what have you got? And some said, well, I have Japanese Kit Kats. Another one said, well, I have these really weird potato chips. And here we are. Yeah. Um, Born of failure. Well, we're going to get into these snacks. We're going to try them out. But I do want to say um, I kind of believe there's, a, there's a, a very little things that I believe in. <laughs> uh, but I believe in people and the, like how people can help each other out. Um, and, and, and in turn, when you were helping other people out, I guess you never knew that at some point you were going to need help as well. Um, yeah. when you, you know, you had, you went through some sickness and I'll, I'll let you share how much you want to share about that. But I just thought it was really cool when I saw that I was like, well, good. You know, the community came back to help him, help his wife. Um, and help the store. So that, yeah, that, that actually, cool. they, they carried us through it. Um, and what I mean by that is, and not to get like all religious, but you know, they say that our prayer will lift you. Um, so when we, about a year ago, I had a really bad heart attack and massive heart problems, and I needed some major surgery. And I was in the hospital unexpectedly, and all of this came about without us preparing or knowing, as I guess these things do. And we had posted that we're gonna have to change our hours and just wanna let you guys know that this is going on. And I, I was actually worried that people were gonna like be mad at us for changing our hours. And instead what happened is uh, so many comments, so many cards, like drawings from kids and like uh, just an outpouring of support that it really, it, I'm telling you, it was a dark, depressing time. I'm, you know, as there was a lot of like, why now, Lord? Yeah. Why me? And really, the people just lifted me through it. Just the sentiment and things they said. It's why I'm here today. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Then I can imagine. I, I can't even. Ima I can imagine the help. I can't imagine the feeling of, of getting that support. Like, I, I, well, I mean, I can just say it's 
it's like again, it's the power of the people, and what you put out is what you get back. You know, I I I never think about what I get back when I put out, and I I don't I don't really. That's it's it's really like you talk about building community, and that's never the goal. The goal is just to do things for people and right. help people. And the funniest thing about this store, or the most interesting thing to me, is again there was some design here, and I thought about it, and I'd planned, and I had drawings, and I really, and then. Um, as I said, the whole goal of the store is to lift people up and help them feel a little better than the way they walked in. The unexpected part is that I never expected it to recharge my own batteries. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I feel like going in, I'm tired or I'm exhausted or just not in the mood. And all I have to do is come in here and talk to the people for two hours and I am totally lifted up and energized myself. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, just from moments of meeting you, I can feel and you, and you can tell you can only tell certain um, this from certain people um, where you're putting stuff out but you're not expecting anything in return because when you I feel like if you do expect something or, or you're doing something with an expectation to get something back you're not truly happy it's not really a charity if you're waiting for a thank you yes it's more narcissistic about <laughs> yeah, you. yeah and so the whole idea as hard as it is is to always just kind of be doing and giving yeah. and uh that's frankly what faith is faith is when you can't see the next step yes um so let's get into this next uh let's go back to a little bit of the weirdness of your and weird is good so i say weird a lot to me weird is good um so I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, well, I think so. Difference <laughs> to me, uh, difference is like sort of the jade de vie or the thing that makes life go. It's really what's special about it, whether it's people and that diversity or um, it's snacks. And what we try to do here is to create a very safe place for people to experiment. And a lot of what you have here are some of the experiments. So let's jump right in. So the easiest experiment is an Oreo Cakesters. Okay. We'll leave this one for last. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm a good. Really one. like. Oh, Start off with your one? Oreo Cakesters there, and do give that a try see what you think and I've got some napkins here if you need them I'll put that right there we can do it that's a lot of snacks in eight minutes you you and I look like people that can handle eight eight minutes of snacks yeah so that's the Oreo cakester I don't know if maybe you want to hold that up for the camera there okay yeah there you go so it's basically I, I liken it to like a hostess ding dong but with Oreo filling and Oreo flavor. You want one? Nope, Sorry. I've tried so <laughs> many of these and I have to be limited in what I eat, so you try it. No. Right? Mm -hmm. It's on point Oreo, but what's nice about it is a lot of times when you're eating an Oreo, um, you kind of know what an Oreo is. I like the idea of one of my favorite ways to experiment is something super familiar that you really, really know mm -hmm. in a very new way. Yeah, so you know what? I I usually, and I said it earlier when you picked it, I was like, I rarely eat Oreos. I don't like, what I like to do is obviously I take them apart and try to stuff them as much as the cream oh, as right I can on. in there. And then I'll eat only one half of the cookie and the other one half just gets thrown away. <laughs> That's just funny. I, I don't enjoy that too much but this i can eat, i would eat all my wife and i we do something similar uh i don't like the cream but oreo cookie is my very favorite cookie so what happens is i hand the cookie to her <laughs> she opens it licks the cream and i get the cookie bits perfect yeah yeah I, i'm more of the cream guy but yeah the other half and my brother always gets mad at me he's like dude you're wasting all the cookies I'm like no i'm wasting half the cookie yeah no listen if you're happy then you haven't <laughs> wasted anything jen's here <laughs> Um, let's do the fruity purple. So these are, you might want to turn, the, there you go. 
so these are the uh, Rice Krispie Treats or the uh, Fruity Pebbles Krispie Treats. And this is, uh, I don't know how it was with you growing up, but my mom was always trying to get me to eat rice snacks. And I never really ate them. I was like, oh, those are gross. I would rather have a candy bar, whatever. Finally now, I'll eat the rice snacks. Oh, look at that crunch. It's kind of fire, right? It's a good. So you know what? Growing up, my mom would not buy me any kind of fruity pebbles or any like sugary me cereal. Either. So every time I taste one, it's like, wow, this is what it tastes like, mom. Yes. And they're just really nice. It's like a little bowl um, of of fruity pebbles. Yeah, you can put like a little bit of milk on there. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> hey, I feel you. I like how you roll. That's how, yeah, I would definitely go with them. Now, this one I am going to try with you, if for no other reason than just because it drives bodega on nuts. So I try one of these every day with somebody in the store. These are Japanese Kit Kats. We have a whole Japanese Kit Kat collection. Important to note is that Japanese Kit Kats are always rotating, so this flavor won't be here forever. This is called Sakrantor. It's a uh, German-style chocolate cake. There's a tiny picture of the cake there. Oh, okay. You've seen this cake probably before at fancy restaurants. It's a very dense uh, cake with a layer of dark chocolate on the top. And in the middle is a very slight layer of apricot. Oh. This is one of my all-time favorite candies in the store. It is absolutely incredible. So yeah, Kit Kat is like the first, uh, I guess, foreign or exotic kind of treat I've ever had. It's a good see them, like the Jap- You said from J- Japanese, right? Yeah, Japanese. Yeah, that's how I've always seen those. And so, cheers. Cheers. That's far. That's perfect. Every time I eat this, I love oh. it. Dark chocolate, apricot, Kit Kat. I got the apricot. Yeah. It's like, that's why there's an extra one here for you. Mm-hmm. You get the dark chocolate, and then at the very end, it's like the apricot. Mm-hmm. It just hits. These are some of my wife's favorite candies. It's an e-fruity uh, gummy candy. Some of the highest quality gummies in the world come from Germany. And e-fruity is a fantastic brand. This is their cheesecake. And what I love about this is you've got this sort of cheesecake flavored gummy with a dual texture. The bottom is a little bit crunchy like a proper cheesecake. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It feels yeah. a little tough right there. It's just it's very unlike, you know, your average sort of uh, domestic gummy. Kind of hits, right? I heard like I like the the chewy and then the 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 hard part, like the underlayer. Yeah, just like a real cheesecake. There it is. I was trying to go for the flavor. I guess at first I didn't get a, uh, the flavor, but it's very. The subtle. more you chew it, the more you, right. you get the flavor. Well, also like remember that. we're we're kind of trying all the snacks all the in a row yeah. here. I should probably get some water. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's, do, let's ah, do a little of this. Perfect timing, really. What a good advertisement. <laughs> right? So this is really important to us. We're all about international and stuff, but also I always want to bring a San Antonio product whenever I can and put it right next to the Japanese Kit Kats and other stuff. What I'm trying to say is that we also fire locally just as high. We yeah. have the same high quality. This is a sparkling Agua Fresca Mangonada. It's uh, called Drink Aua is the name of the brand. And there are a couple of guys from San Antonio. And these are, this is a classic San Antonio product. Its flavors are definitely local, but also the people behind it are really cool, humble guys. And you said it's from, they make it here? Yeah, it's actually, I think, made just outside of the city. Yeah. But the company is here and founded here. This is cool. And yeah. it's an Aua. Yeah, give it a try. <laughs> Wow. 
that's always the reaction and that's about the best thing I can say about that product and I was a little skeptical because yep. on this podcast I've said plenty of times mango mango anything yes. I hate okay. uh, well there you go because I don't feel like it tastes like mango but this yeah oh man this is good yeah it's fantastic isn't it okay let's do Snoop Dogg first all right so these are some of my favorite chips in the store and it's just a classic cheese curl. Everyone's had a cheese curl, right? So this one's not that exotic, but what it is is excellent. It's a cheese curl dusted with like a barbecue sauce in the sense of like a sweet baby raised style. Oh yeah. And then see. it's got a hint of black pepper. Yeah, you Incredible. can see like the Incredible. I don't know if I can see it in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, okay. yep. Okay, so this is one of the number one products. I tell someone try it out. They go in the parking lot, eat a couple in their in the car, and they come back and buy a couple of bags. Yes, it's that good. You know why they go in the car first, right? That's right. Get a little bit of the snoopy snoops. <laughs> That's right. And then, and then they come back for some more of the for the munchies. You got to get in the right mood. I'm gonna get. Yeah, I'm gonna. This is good. Although I warn people all the time to be very careful about coming in here in the 420 state <laughs> or when you're hungry. It can get expensive. That I am bad. This is. Unexpectedly good. Like I felt like it was gonna be like a your regular kind of Cheeto yep. or you know. Oh cool. <laughs> and all the wrap snacks are really tend to be very high quality. I'm I'm really impressed with them. Uh, but the Snoop Dogg in particular, these these cheese curls are just incredible. I like those a lot. So the international lays are also always rotating um, and always new flavors coming out. This is their current limited edition. It's part of a lineup of three really cool worldly flavors. And this is the beef Wellington style. Beef Wellington. So it's a Chinese lays done in a French style beef dish. And you can even smell sort of like this, I don't know, like a, a beef sort yeah, of flavor. I feel like um, the chef from Hell's Kitchen should be yelling at me right now. <laughs> right. That is good. Right? It's surprisingly. Because I was nervous it would taste too, like, like, um, oily or... Yep, yep. You know, sometimes you worry it might be too gamey or too exotic, yes. like, too far out there. And that's the whole idea is, as I always say, we don't carry all the stuff, but only the good stuff. I like that. So, oh, yeah, some Skittles. And then... Uh, those are the exotic fruit Skittles, also out of China. So when you're looking for snacks to get, where, how do you how do you connect with people to send them to you, or they're just businesses and? Yeah, so I reach out. I'm persistent. I'm polite and kind, usually, and respectful. Um, I also the key thing I try to do is to get the international stuff locally. So I try to work with local Asian goods stores, local Middle Eastern stores. The reason is because that way, what happens is you end up dropping their costs if they can order more, and it keeps the jobs in our families okay. and the taxes in our schools and stuff like that. Yeah. So for the most part, my favorite way to do it is locally. And even if they don't carry it or whatever, and it's something I'm interested, in, I try to go to them and say, "Hey, can you start carrying this, or will you just do it on an order for me?" And where that doesn't work, then I'll go out myself and do it internationally nice nice yeah that was what i was wondering if like because i feel like there would be a lot of red flag or not red flag sorry um a lot of red tape to have to cut through it is right although you know um honestly pe good people are all around the world and good knows good and we, we you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it uh, i get i have a great vendor in the netherlands right now that does some really cool stuff and um we just keep making friends 
you yeah. know keep making actually one of my life dreams here is that I really hope that we're able to maybe like close for a month and then we could go around the world and visit all of these vendors and I'd love to shake their hand and bring them snacks yeah. from San Antonio in America like that's really I'd love to do something some hot like that. Cheetos and cheese yeah you know what I mean like I'd love I'd love to show them what chamoy is yeah they, you know yeah. like they don't really know and I think that there's they would love it I really yeah. do um, these skittles are really good Very they are exotic, incredible right uh, for sure oh you're gonna love it's those one of our yeah the, um, you can taste. I took like a, a handful of a different kinds, so I think it was like a whole weird. You tasted the rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> in a whole, rainbow in a whole different sense. Yeah, I respect that. I like that. Yeah, let's do that. Yes. One. So. All right, so this is it. This is the watermelon toast. These are tough to come by, and it it they're a baked good, so they expire. So that they're only here for a couple months at a time, and oh. so it's we happen to have them now. But I warn you, might not have them when you come back again. Interesting. But um, it's one of the favorite products here. It's a TikTok sensation. It's called watermelon toast, but it's actually more like a sandwich. If you smell it, it smells like a watermelon donut. And it tastes like one, too. What it is, it's two slices of watermelon bread with a glaze in the middle. The end result is it tastes like a watermelon donut. Are you supposed to eat both of them yeah. at the same time? Yeah, or you just sort one? of tear it off a bit like a sandwich. Tear off an end or bite into I it. Like I just want to bite into it. Get into right? like it. Go ahead. There's no yeah. wrong way. That's so. Like, it's crazy how it does smell. So, what makes it water? Like you keep. You said that it's watermelon. It's called watermelon toast, and I think it probably is just a translation issue. Oh, okay. Mm. It's its own mm. kind of vibe, right? Mm. Wow. Like well, we don't really have stuff like that here. This is no. What is this inside? It's like a glaze is the best sort of way to explain it. It's a frosting, but it's not on top. That is so good. Now, you got to give her a bite. You got to give her a bite. I don't know that I'd want to try it. No, it's good. That's so good. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even on camera. (laughs) And yours is less. Yeah, it's somewhere in that sort of savory. I think that's yeah. why I like. I do like that it's not. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's why I picked it up. I want to touch it. No, I like. You know, it's funny. Is I think if you did actually toast it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've thought about that before, but you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to ruin our toaster, and my wife Bodega Ma kills me. So you know, but you can put it, you know, in a skillet. Those are little Turkish candies, um, and I just got a big drop of stuff from Turkey. Oh, let's try one, uh, the red one. Uh, okay, I think this definitely is the winner. Yeah, especially because you don't like sweet. Very much yeah, I'm not a huge sweets person, so that kind of like has a hint of it. Sure. Like a good hint of it, but um, then the watermelon flavor somehow comes through. It really and, and does. You just don't think it would. I don't. I wouldn't think it would. I, the first time I tried it, I felt the same way. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this, and I was like, Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is good hard candy. Yeah. So one of the neat things about international snacks is that they use international ingredients. So in a lot of places, that can mean only natural sugars and things that we don't normally do in the United States. So even if it's a familiar candy, like say a plain Kit Kat. We have plain Kit Kats from Ireland. We have plain Kit Kats from Germany. We have them from England occasionally. We have the plain Kit Kats from Japan. And when you eat them all side by side, you can actually taste the differences in them, the subtle differences in the products and how they're made. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things. So Turkish.
Turkish candy tends to be of a very high quality. It's one of the reasons I like to carry it. We also have Turkish 7-Up and Turkish Coca-Cola right now. Does it taste different? Yeah, too? with natural sugars. They're, they're oh, kind okay. of incredible. In glass bottles. <laughs> yeah, internationally, and it, it depends on where you go, but a lot of the countries, like for example, in Ireland, by law, you can't put any preservatives or artificial colors or anything in your chocolate and still call it chocolate. Mm. And so when you're eating chocolate, for us as an importer, it's tricky because that means your window of sale and import and everything is slow and it's chocolate in Texas. But when we get it, it it's fire. They're really incredible. Now I'm going to tell you which one's my favorite. Well, I think we already know this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. But um, what is your weirdest, most unique product here that you would think somebody has to try it? You know, it depends on who you are, what you define as weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but one Let's of my say they want to do a TikTok reaction moment. I would say you've got to do the watermelon toast. You have to do the uh, chamoy pickle or the warheads pickle, um, and probably there's a few things in the gummy category that might knock your socks off. Mm, nice. So yes, my favorite is the watermelon toast. I do love these uh, Snoop Dogg chips, uh, but that would that this is awesome. I really appreciate this whole. Uh, spread that you gave me and I appreciate the fact that you know you took your time to come out I appreciate uh, you coming out come I come yeah <laughs> I'm used to saying for your time to come out to me but I came out to you but this is um, such this was fun and again the store I cannot get over how well uh, it looks colorful and welcoming oh thank you um, your personality thank uh, you I love that so I really appreciate your time uh, one final question um, your too hard too fast story uh, either a funny story from your past, words of wisdom, or a cautionary tale? Um, you know, I'm going to go with words of wisdom here, and actually it's about you. Oh. So, yeah, so I get approached by a lot of different people to do a lot of different things these days, and really we don't have a lot of spare time to do stuff like that. Your approach was respectful, kind, informed, pleasant. If, if When you're looking to do something with someone, understand that and just be as awesome as you can the way you have been and the doors will open for you. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm, those are words of wisdom I haven't heard before. <laughs> so there you go. Well, so you're living it. You don't well, need to hear it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, so with that said, we've gone too hard, too fast with Bodega Man here at Jefferson Bodega in the heart of San Antonio, El West Side. Um, so come check it out. Where is actually your address here? 1005 Donaldson Avenue. No website and no uh, anything other than social media. No, we don't answer the phone, so you got to come here to experience it. Yep. 1005 Donaldson Avenue. And you can follow them at Jeff- Jefferson Bodega on Jefferson Instagram. Jefferson Bodega on Instagram. Perfect. That's how, I mean, I follow you guys, so I, I like seeing all the cool products. Right on. Uh, so remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye.